everybody. Hey. And we're so happy to be with you in your homes today and to be together with you. We've been yes. stuck at home too, haven't we? But here we are in the church, as you can see. There's three of us here, us two and Jay. And I tell you what, this is 106,000 square feet of emptiness. <laughs> it's carpet and brick and mortar. It is nothing without you, the church. This is just a building, but right. you are the church. Yes. And we love each and every one of you. Just want to remind you that we are here for you 24-7. If you need us, there are multiple ways you can contact us. But please, don't go through things alone. We're here for you to we pray sure for are. you, to help you, to assist you, and to provide for you what you need. So we're going to start a new series today, yes, we and we're are. going to be together for the next couple weeks. And uh, as we were praying about what would be next, in feeding you, our people, we began to think about all the challenges we're all going through in this season, and we could name them all, yeah. but all the challenges that we're going through is just people, yeah. husbands and wives and kids and in relationships right. and everything. And in so many aspects of life right now, there are brick walls we come against, and there are situations that we face that there seems to be no way. Right. And so we're going to talk to you the next few weeks on the subject of when there seems to be no way. And our takeaway is going to be this. When there seems to be no way, focus on your heavenly position and not your earthly condition. I love that. That's so good. Yeah, it is. Say it again. That's wonderful. When there seems to be no way, focus so on your heavenly position and not your earthly condition. Yeah. So good. So today, we're going to go back into the Old Testament um, in the book of Chronicles, actually 2 Chronicles, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about Jehoshaphat. Yes. Jehoshaphat's a great story. It is a one, there's so many things in here yeah. that I just get so excited about. Oh, we could be on this for a very long time. There's yeah. so many wonderful points, but it's a great story of someone feeling so overwhelmed, not knowing what to do, and what he did in the midst of that environment. And so we want to make sure you understand this story because this is a great story for us to dig into over the next few weeks. You have to understand that one morning Jehoshaphat's minding his own business and, and he is overwhelmed by the fact that his intelligence uh, service comes running into him and gives him this horrifying news. Mm -hmm. The horrifying news is that three enemy armies um, have united together, creating this massive invasion force that's on their doorstep. And it's overwhelming, and it's so challenging. And, man, if that's not a reason to panic and a reason to feel fearful and to be overwhelmed, and he's in that place, and this enemy coalition is only about 15 miles from Jerusalem and on the western shore of the Dead Sea. In fact, Jehoshaphat's life and his entire kingdom are on the brink of extinction. Mm -hmm. My goodness, that's an overwhelming place to be. So let's pick up the story here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and we'll start at verse 1. It says, After this the Moabites and the Ammonites, and with them the Meonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. It was told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude has come against you from beyond the Dead Sea, from Edom, and beyond, and behold, they are in Hazazon tomorrow, tomorrow, which is in Gedi. Now think about this, question for you. Are the ites 
against you? <laughs> Are the ites against you? Now think about this. In this passage, it was the Moabites. It was mm -hmm. the Ammonites. It was the Meonites that were coming against King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. In other Old Testament stories, there's Jebusites and Hittites and Canaanites that were the troublemakers of God's people. So today, it might not be thoseites, but we're facing fearites. Yeah. Anxietyites, worryites. We're, we're, we're facing stressites and coronaites, right? And they are uniting together against us. This is not just Jehoshaphat's story. No, it's not. This is our story. You know, sometimes we read the Bible uh, and we forget that these are real people. This right. isn't this isn't fictional. Right. This is real people <laughs> with real life situations yes. that we can identify with. Yep. And so as we go through this today and in the weeks to come, his story really it, is our it's story. Our story. And you probably feel very surrounded right now in the season that we're in. And it's seldom as you well know, it's seldom that one enemy comes against us at a time. No, it's usually multiple forces. Right, because we can pretty much handle the one yep. enemy. Mm -hmm. But when it's multi-fronted is when we get challenged. Mm -hmm. And that's what this story is all about. That's what our story is all about, because we have multi-fronts coming against us at the same time. And what overwhelms us is the fact that fear, lack, symptoms, anxiety, stress, Man, it all comes at us at the same time. Right, right. And, you know, they, it's this whole gang-up theory. And, and what do we do? What do we do when that happens? Well, we go back to our story in verse 3. Then Jehoshaphat feared. So just like you, just like us, mm -hmm. when we hear bad news, when something's so overwhelming, fear is usually the first feeling that we feel. The potential of that, yeah, is there. So fear is right there. Jehoshaphat feared, but there is a comma. And it says and set himself, listen, yeah, determinedly as his vital need. When something is vital, it's life and death. When something yes. is vital, it's critical. When something is vital, it's do or die. When something is vital, it is absolutely imperative that this thing gets done. So he says, he determinedly as his vital need, look what he did, to seek the Lord, he proclaimed a fast in all Judah. And Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord, yearning for Him with all their desire. You see the intent here. So the first thing Jehoshaphat did was admit he did not know what to do, and he ran to God. You know, that's so important because pride keeps us from so much. Yeah. A lot of times, some of you are watching today, you need help, it's but true. pride is keeping you from contacting us because you think, well, I can't let them know what I'm going through right. or nobody's going through what I'm going through right. or they'll think less of me if they know what I'm dealing with today. That is such a lie. It is. That is such a lie because you know what? What you're going through today, we may be going through. Yeah. Somebody's going through. You're, you're not going through this situation by yourself. There are multiple other people that feel the same way, that are going through the same things. And so the devil lies to us because yes. he likes to alienate yeah. and isolate us. And so even in this time where the word isolation is being used so right. much, there's no reason for you to feel isolated. We are all here yeah. for you. But the thing about I like that, honey, was that he, uh, he admitted he needed yeah. help. Yeah, and how many times have we been there? Yeah. Oh, my Countless gosh. Times. Yeah. I've lost count how many times I uh, didn't know what to do in, in our marriage, with our children, with thought life, mm -hmm. with our, all the bills that were piling up. 
How many times have we been there not knowing what to do? And I have felt more than once, and maybe you have, where it's like the enemy is sitting right there on yes. your shoulder. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Right? He's right there. Yep. And he said, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And this overwhelming feeling of, I don't know what to do. Right. I, I, I'm not sure what to do. So overtaken by fear, because of the report he heard, this godly king, thank God, did the right thing. Yes. He called a national prayer meeting and encourages people to trust God in the face of this overwhelming crisis. And here we are needing to admit we don't know what to do. Right. We're in a place where we need such wisdom. We yes. don't know how to get through this. We don't know how to deal with all the challenges that we're going through in this crisis right now. And the, and the other thing, honey, excuse me, is the fact that so many people, and we did this, you know, in our beginning years, we suffered in silence yeah. because we didn't trust anybody to tell right. anybody our story or what we were going through. Right. Or, and we were in the ministry. So, but we, we, oh, we felt suffered. Ashamed. We, we felt, felt ashamed. Yes. We suffered in silence. Yep. Yep. And some of you are doing that today. And, yep. and, and my heart goes out to you today because there's no need for you to suffer in silence. Amen. And so Jehoshaphat, you know, he's this great leader. He puts aside his pride and he says, hey, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I need help. Yeah. And he went where his help comes from. Yeah. He ran to God. Yes. We love Psalm 107, verse 28, and it says this, Then they cry to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distress. Mm. Notice it says here, it does, it does not say, um, then they whine and no, complain no. and murmur, and oh my goodness, I, you know, I can't go on. Why, why, why? No, this was a cry of faith. It was. It was the deep part of them saying, oh my goodness, I cannot do this by myself. Lord, I'm in trouble and I need your help. And the good news is when you cry out in faith, yes. when we have cried out in faith in times yes. past, God's and still do. help and wisdom yeah. and people and resources and everything we need is right there when we're willing to make this cry of faith and put the whining aside and the complaining aside and cry out in faith, believing that God is more than able. Yeah, and there's so many, we're not going to really get into prayer today, yeah. but there's so many wonderful lessons here on prayer. I'm going to touch just a little bit on it because I think it's important. But one of the things here that really impresses me too about this story is that when he decided to to gather all right. the uh, all the cities and everybody and the people and it says in their children gathered yeah. together yeah. they didn't take lightly the right. fact that their leader was right. saying hey everybody stop we need to come together and pray That's exactly and it's the right. same thing honey yeah. as the, the body here at IFC there are things that we need to take more seriously when the lord tells you we need to pray and fast. Church, we need to come together yes. and pray and fast because we're going to see here in this story that when Jehoshaphat did that, the people, the children, they right. all came together. They prayed and they fast. And then the word of the Lord came and gave them such a specific strategy yes. on how to get out of this situation. And so I want to encourage us as a church body in the days ahead, ahead when pastor says, hey, let's take this day and pray and fast, or let's take this week, or let's take three weeks, right. that we set ourselves aside right. as this community did here, exactly. because God wants to speak yeah. to us. There's so much in this story. Why don't you continue and, and help us understand the, the main point that we want to get to today. Yes. If you look over in, um, let's look at Second Chronicles chapter 20 again. And I do want to say one more thing about prayer, if, if I can. And that is, 
Uh, if you look at verses 6, 7, and 9, it gives you a really a wonderful pattern to pray. And I'm just going to say this real quickly. If you'll go back and read all of this in the Amplified Bible, it just lays out such a wonderful plan here. But just real quickly, if you look at verse 6, I think it gives us a posture to pray, how we enter into prayer. And it tells us just real quickly in verse 6, the first thing he did was he declared who God is. He said, there's none that's able right. to stand about you, exactly. to stand against you. You right. know, when we go into prayer, we can enter in thanksgiving knowing, God, there is, I'm getting ready to talk to you, God. Yeah. There is nobody like you. Right. And then in verse, because he's reminding himself too. He is. And then in verse 7, he declared what God had done. He says, you already drove out the inhabitants right. of this land. You've already taken care of this, God. Testimony. You already won this battle. Right. So I know who you are. Right. I know what you've done. Yes. And then in verse 9, he declares, and I know you will hear yeah. and you will save. How awesome so, Maybe sometime we'll go back and talk more about this, but it's such a wonderful pattern of prayer. If you have difficulty praying, just remember these three little things here in verse 6, 7, and 9. Go into prayer saying, God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you've done, and I thank you for what you're going to do. Yeah. And then lay your petitions out before the Lord. But let me just tell you this mistake here that a lot of people make is they, they dump on God and then they leave. Yeah. But they, these people didn't do it. They prayed and they stayed. Yeah. We need to do that more, we church. Do. We need to pray and then we need to stay to hear what God wants right. to say he to, wants us. To, talk to us. Right. It's not, you can unload before God. He doesn't mind that at all. It's as, a conversation. As you bring your <laughs> petitions, but then let him talk to you yeah. and give you the strategy. So, yes. so let's look at verse 13 here. And uh, verse 13, and it says, All Judah stood before the Lord with their children and with their wives. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jeel, son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. Verse 15, and then he said, this is the word of the Lord. He said, hearken all you Judah, right. you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. The Lord says this to you. Here comes. Be not afraid or dismayed this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's. Okay, now here comes the strategy. Tomorrow, go down to them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the ravine before the wilderness of Jeruel. Now, verse 17, honey, is what we're going to talk about yeah. the next couple weeks. So good. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Take your position. Stand still. See the deliverance of the Lord who is with you. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is is with you. I'm, I'm telling yeah. you, I could run around this yeah. empty building right it's now so because this strategy here is just so it's important perfect. and it's so critical for us. So we're going to look at these five things and today we're just going to do number one and then in the weeks to come, we're going to look at the strategy God gave these people after they prayed and fasted, after they sought the Lord, he spoke 
clearly. Yeah, he, did. he gave them a strategy on how not to be overwhelmed right. and how to get through this battle because the armies that were coming against them were so much greater. Yes. They were so much greater. They were so much more sophisticated in their weapons. Yeah. And But God gave a strategy. Yeah. So the first thing he told them was this. Number one, Number one. take your position. Take your position. I hope you're writing this down because you could keep these five points on your refrigerator to look at or on your mirror. I guess the refrigerator because we probably go there a little bit too much. But <laughs> number one, take your position. Take your position. A position is a place occupied. It's a fortified position to make one strong. So he's telling them, first of all, take your Position. A lot of people might look at that and say, well, was it a physical position? Hold your weapon this way, stand this way. But I believe he was uh, saying, take your spiritual position. Yes, definitely. What's going to be your position here yeah. right now? Yeah. And take your position. A, a mindset, a made Yes, mind. what is yeah. your place of occupancy? Right. What is going to occupy you right now? What's going to fortify you? What's going to make you strong? Or are you going to take a place of weakness right. and defeat right. and be moved by everything that you're hearing around you? And this is where we are today. We are. So I ask you this question, church family, who are you identifying with? Right. And what do you identify with? Are you identifying with just what you're hearing around you and all the negative conversations and you find yourself right. just, just talking about how bad things are, when's exactly. this going to get over? You're missing such wonderful opportunities. Yeah. You need to take your position, take your stand in the Word of God. Right. You know, the Bible says with man, it's impossible. Right. But with God, all things are possible. So you need to ask yourself today, who are you with? Yeah. Are you with man? Are you living in the realm right. of impossibility? Or are you with God where he says all things are possible to them who would believe? In any battle, at some point you have to draw the line. Yes. In any battle, at some point you got to say enough is enough. In any battle, when it's been raging over a period of time and we, we know we have some time left in, in the season that we're in right now, we don't necessarily always see a clear light at the end of the tunnel. So we don't want to get weary in our well-doing mm -hmm. here. But at some point in time in every battle, you've got to draw the line. You do. And you have to take your position. Take your position. And you've got to choose a side. And you've got to choose the side. We're going to do this God's way or we're going to do this man's way. And there's wisdom and then there's faith together. We've got to combine them to make sure that we draw this line in the sand and take a firm position. Yes. So I ask you today, who are you with? Are you with God where all things are possible? Or are you so moved by this earthly realm that you're living in a realm of impossibility? Right. You know, if you're sick today, when I was sick with blood clots in my lungs several years ago, near death, my, I took my position. He was oh, wounded yeah. for my transgressions. Yes, he did. He was bruised for my iniquities. He took a side. The chastisement of yes. my peace was upon him. Right. And by his stripes, I was healed. That was your position. That was my position. My position was for this purpose, the Son of right. God was manifest that he would destroy, loosen, and dissolve every work of the devil. I knew those blood clots are a work of the devil, and I knew Jesus came right. to loosen, right. dissolve, and destroy every work of the devil. It was, a that, it was a fortified position. It was. That was my position. If you're having uh, problems right now in your marriage, I think we should write a book on quarantine marriages and, yeah. and see how that sells right now. But maybe you just add each other.
other, you feel like you're going in separate directions, you need you take your position. Philippians 1.27, we'll walk side by side with one mind and one purpose for the sake of the gospel. Well, I don't feel that way, Verna. You're going to live your whole life by how you feel. You'll right. never get out of bed. You'll never do anything. Right. We live by the word of God. Amen. Can I keep going? Yeah, please go. Okay. So if it's a situation in your finances, your position is Malachi 3, 8, 9, and 10. Hey, right. hey, I'm a tither. I'm an offering giver. Right. And the word declares the windows of heaven are opened over me yeah. because I've opened the windows that seem closed, I've opened them by returning my tithe to the Lord and offering my offerings. That's my position. Take a position, yes. No matter what the yes. checkbook says, yes. no matter what, you know, I'm not working right now, I'm not getting paid right now. If you cement yourself into all that negativity, you'll, you'll be stuck there. Yeah. But cement yourself. I wore my anchor today. Specifically, <laughs> anchor yourself in the Word of God. God. Heaven's windows are opened over you. Yes. Let that be your position if finances are an issue. If your children are going crazy, yeah. and, and they probably are, and it's okay, you know what? They're, they're going crazy in everybody's house. It's not just yours. Don't say you're a terrible mother. Right. I'm a horrible father. Right. Everybody has their moments. Everybody's kids are going crazy. But right. I mean, if your kids have run away from home, if they're doing drugs, if they're living a lifestyle that you know isn't pleasing to God, don't be anchored there right. in all of that. Be anchored in God's word that says, all of my children are disciples taught of the Lord, obedient, obedient to, to the will of God, God, and great shall be their peace in an undisturbed composure. Well, Verna, when do you stop praying that? I still pray that for my children, yeah. that they're obedient. And, and my children are adults with their own children. Yep. But I still pray on a regular basis that they are yep. obedient to the will of God yep. with great peace and an undisturbed composure. Your children are bound to the will of God. That's right. Don't say anything else except what God's word has to say. So in all of these situations that come against us, honey, we have to take our position. And this is the first thing the Lord said to Jehoshaphat. Yep. Look, take your position. Because if he got stuck in the realm of, uh, I'm overwhelmed here. Right. There's more that be with them than yeah. there is with us. Right. Then he would never would have seen his deliverance. Yeah. So, you know, we're, when you do this, you're acknowledging the fact that you're making an adjustment in your thinking. Yeah. Sometimes we go down these roads and we go down these roads for yeah. hours or days or months. Um, and we just have to make a decision to say, I'm, I'm readjusting my position. Yeah. I'm, I'm changing my focus. And, I, and oftentimes that's what we have to do. Maybe you've been over these last seven or eight weeks in a, in a funk or, or the last couple of weeks or you're not looking forward to what's around the corner. We have to make this adjustment because when we do, we fortify ourselves. Yes. And that one of the definitions was it makes us strong. Yes. You know, if you, if you were in the dead of winter, if you were on your way to Florida, you got on 95 South and you said, I'm going to Florida. I need some sunshine. I need some palm trees. I just need some heat right now. Yeah. If you were on your way to Florida and after 10 hours of driving, you see a sign that says, welcome to Canada. <laughs> Are you going to settle for that? Oops. Is that what you want? 
No, you're going to turn that car around right. on a dime right. and go in the right you're not direction. Say, oh well, I'm oh here. well, I yeah. might as well freeze some more. Yeah. You're going to turn that car around no. and say, "No, I'm going to sunshine and palm trees." Right. And sometimes we have to do this in life. We do. We go in the wrong way. You don't just say, "Oh well." Just reset your GPS, right. turn that car around, right. turn your thoughts around, and get on the right road, right. getting on the yeah. right direction so you can get to the desired result. Yeah. There's no condemnation here. We've all no. gone down the wrong road. We've all made wrong turns. We've all had to make U-turns. We've all had to make adjustments. And so the enemy would love to think, wow, you're, you're such an embarrassment. You're the only one. What are people going to think? Well, forget all that mm -hmm. and recognize that God loves you. We've yes. all been down this road before. We've all had to retake a position. Oh we all had to make these adjustments. Not one of us have not been, had not done that. And don't let condemnation con control you no. and bring you down in the dumps and, and, and just give up on life because that's just not God's plan. Yeah, and the Bible says there is now therefore no, no. condemnation right. to them who are in right. Christ Jesus the verse doesn't end there. Most people yeah. end it there. Right. But it goes on to say, who walk not after the flesh, but <laughs> after go. the spirit. Yeah. And walking after the spirit is walking in yeah. the word of God. Yeah. This is not hard. It's challenging. Of yes. course, it's challenging. But God's made a way for us people in every situation yeah. and in every circumstance yeah. in our lives. You need to pray so, for us, honey. Yeah. Lead us in prayer and recognize that that God, God wants to help you make this reversal in your life today. And this is the time to do it. God loves us so much that he would allow us to hear these truths right now at yes. this point in time so that we can make this turn and make a fortified position for his honor and for his glory and for your victory. Yes, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just speak a blessing over our congregation right now and the friends that are watching this program today, this service today. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that you are right there in everybody's living Thank room, you, Jesus. their kitchen, their bedroom, whether in the yard watching it, you are there with them. <clears throat> and you are a very present help in the time of trouble. And Father, I thank you today thank you, that Father. your word is not going to return void. That's right. It's going to produce in the hearts of the people that hear your word and do your word, Father. You will make it to come to pass. Amen. And by faith, we act on your word today. We take our position. We find the scriptures that have to do what we're yes. believing you yes. for. Thank you, Father. And that's our position. Thank you, Jesus. And we just say today, Father, that your people, your word dwells in the hearts of your people richly. Amen. That IFC is not a, a ship tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, but we are stable, we are fixed, we are immovable, Amen. and we are anchored in your word. Yes. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Honey, I just want to say this one last scripture. Yes. This is so good. It's Hebrews 1035. Oh, great scripture. And it says, do not therefore fling away your confidence because it has a reward. When you stay steadfast in this season that is just stormy and the boat's all over the place and you feel like you're being tossed to and fro, don't fling away your confidence. Stay anchored in God's word and it has a great reward for you. Amen. Our takeaway? Yeah, takeaway. Read it. Our takeaway is the first thing we do when there seems to be no way is focus on our heavenly position and not our earthly condition. Yeah, that's so good. You know, I don't think there's anything worse 
in life, very few things that are worse in life than feeling so overwhelmed by your circumstances that you just absolutely don't know what to do. I want to confidently say this to you today. Listen very carefully. A personal relationship with Jesus yes. changes everything. Everything. Changes everything. And I, this verse rose up in my heart as I was praying about this particular portion of the service. It said this in John 8, 12. It says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Mm. You know, when you don't know what to do and you feel overwhelmed, if Jesus isn't living in your heart, there's, there's, there's the light that you need to be able to see the light that leads to life. Jesus is that light. Jesus is that way. So I want to encourage you today, if you don't know Jesus, if he's not alive in your heart, your sins aren't forgiven, and, and he doesn't live and he's alive in your heart, then this darkness can be very overwhelming. This darkness can lead to no hope. And you need to know that, that as the Word of God says, that Jesus said, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness not knowing what to do mm -hmm. because you have the light that leads to life. Yes. So if you don't know Jesus today, I want to pray for you. I want to lead you in a very simple prayer for you to open up your heart and ask Jesus to forgive you from your sin and believe that he loves you and believe that he shed his blood for you so that you could be redeemed and you could be bought back and, and have a new opportunity in life and be forgiven of all your sins and have a brand new start. And here we are now taking a position mm -hmm. in Christ. You got to take that first position of letting Jesus live inside of your heart. Pray this with me, please. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, come into my heart today. Come into my heart today. I admit. I admit. I can't do this by myself. I can't do this by myself. I need your help. I need your help. Forgive me from my sin. Forgive me from my sins. I declare you as my Lord. I declare you as my Lord. My Savior. My Savior. I will serve you all the days of my life. I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. I receive by faith. I receive by faith. Salvation. Salvation. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Eternal life. Eternal life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You prayed that simple prayer today. We're here online. Pastoral staff and leaders are, are there waiting to connect with you. We'd love to give you some more material, help you along this journey. And uh, we are very grateful today that you prayed that prayer. Communicate with us, please. Connect with us so we can be of great blessing to you. I want to close today by letting you know that, that this Thursday, May 7th, is a national day of prayer. It's the national day of prayer. We think it's very important that we announce that today because the national day of prayer has been observed annually on the first Thursday in May. It's actually an observance that was designed and designated by the United States Congress to ask people to turn to God and pray for the nation. Yes. And so millions of people across the nation are going to be taking time out of their daily schedules to intercede on behalf of communities, this nation, and their leaders. And so please stay tuned in our uh, social media feeds. We're going to let you know there's some events coming up, national events that you need to be a, partici a participator in, to be included in, uh, times that you'll pray throughout the day. So we want to encourage you, mark that day aside. This Thursday, May 7th, 
for a national day of prayer. Let's rally together as a family, as a team, mm -hmm. um, and, and pray for our nation yes. and for our leaders. It's never been more critical yes. that we walk in the wisdom of God. Yes. And this is our opportunity to cry out to God and watch God come through on our behalf. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, we sure do love you. Thank God that we were able to do this together today. We love you. We miss you with all of our hearts, and we bless you. Have a great afternoon. God bless you. And now may the love of God and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the fellowship and sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you.